Hey guys, it's me, Nick Puente, and welcome to the Vibe Check Podcast, the podcast where I get to talk to cool and interesting characters and talk about their cool and interesting lives, where the topic of conversation can be about launching a new product or theorize that artificial intelligence will be the downfall of mankind. In any case, everyone has a good story to tell, so sit back and enjoy. All right, everyone. Sorry, I had a little mix and match. Just call me babe. Yeah, I did, because Matt... This is the Magic Man Mace Matt, or the Magic Mace Man Matt. There we go, the oh, Magic wow. Mace Man Matt. Right here in the studio right now, I'm with Matt Gonzalez, also the co-owner and co-founder of Intentional Patterns. And if you know from the other episode with Hudson Stancliffe, we talked a lot about Matt and how, you know, his journey and basically his mace training and Intentional Patterns as a whole. And I'm just here today with my good friend. Please go on the mic and say hello. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me, Nick. <laughs> of course, man. Hey, thank you for coming here, man. How was the drive? Uh, it was good. It's the weather's pretty rough right now, but I don't live too far from here, so yeah, it was it wasn't bad, man. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm excited, dude. I'm excited. And honestly, uh, dude, I'm proud of you for oh, thanks, this. Man. Not not just this podcast, but man, you've been talking about this for a long time. Starting a podcast, uh, your ideas for topics, the people you want to bring on. You know, that's something you've thrown into the universe for a long time. Um, and a lot of people do that with a lot of things that they, you know, want to pursue. And they never get past that first step, which mm-hmm. is just doing it. Just doing just it. Just fucking doing it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt. And, uh, I love, no, I, I just want to say this too to everyone that he's, my friend Matt, the reason why I love this guy to death is because he's so passionate in what he says. So like, you please go on. But in all, in all honesty, yeah, no, you're right. There's a lot of people that don't understand is that um, the first step is the hardest. It really is. Uh, in my mentality, I thought to myself, like, I first I wanted to do with you guys, Intentional Patterns. I think you remember. And he gave me, like, of course, he gave me the Big Brother talk, which honestly, perfect. You, you, that was awesome for you guys to talk to me. Uh, another thing for everyone out there, you need to have a mentor or at least have some mentor figure, especially when it comes to, like, you know, if you want to start something or just anything. And honestly, Matt and Hudson, those are the two Big Brothers I never had. But, no, thank you so much, Matt, for the, you know, like uh, – acknowledgement it really means a lot coming from you you're welcome man absolutely super cool super cool to be here and be a part of it now no okay yeah cool and by the way everyone uh happy new year's well not really because this is recorded on new year's it's going to come out in february more than likely but no yeah but speaking of which can we talk about the medicine yeah i mean i'm i'm pretty pretty open man i'm cool with going wherever we're gonna go yeah. yeah okay perfect because like um i know prior to this before the recording we were talking about like the medicine how i i feel this is um from a friend that said it perfectly when you put western you know i guess philosophy on the medicine you expect it to oh if it's broken fix it but i feel like in eastern philosophy it's like if it's broken you have to find it yourself so the medicine might just appear to you saying this is the problem you have to go fix it. It's not like, oh, let me just fix it for you. Just like, you know, the pharmaceuticals, how they, it's just a one and done fix like that. And everything seems to be hunky dory. But I just, I, I think honestly, I get a lot of my insights, honestly from you, because uh, you really, really, I think put it in the forefront of my mind that a lot of things, especially nowadays, they're not what they seem. <laughs> they're not what, and they're not what it seems. And so yeah, man, I think it all comes down to your community that you made, too. Like, dude, Intentional Patterns, I've never been a part of a community 
like this with so many archetypes. And yes, I'm going to Carl Jung because, you know, you know me. If you haven't heard by now, this podcast is basically like a sub a subtopic of psychology and philosophy. So I'm sorry, everyone. But no, there's so many archetypes. You have so many healers. You have so many people that are the sages, the warriors. You got like an actual community, man. And it's like something that you never see in a gym because everyone seems to be so isolated doing their thing. But with this gym, I love it so much because everyone's together. It's all connected. And that's what I think it should be, in my opinion. But yeah, please go on. Definitely, man. I appreciate that. And that's something that both Hudson and I have known from the from the beginning that that's something that we wanted to integrate into the business into the mission um, and into intentional patterns is uh, like a real community everybody talks about community uh, in different ways and everybody talks about tribe and finding your tribe and all this stuff and that's genuinely something that people are missing and seeking and growing up uh, I mean I probably bounced around in tons of different tribes and communities and groups of people and that's really helped me figure out who I am and uh, you know kind of what I would want to be around um, and what is going to help me grow and get better and the kind of people that are going to help me do that Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah that was just kind of how it started and then with intentional patterns like you said that sense of community really starts to allow people to be their true selves, you know, that uh, feeling like, hey, I I trust the people here. I'm comfortable with the people here. I can be vulnerable. I can, uh, you know, share certain things with them that I probably wouldn't with other people. And Mm -hmm. and we start to really find like healing through that and, you know, through the movement, through the community, through the conversations, uh, through the stuff that we do outside of the gym. And it's so much more than fitness. And yeah, that's really cool that you're, you see that and you feel that. And that's what we want everybody to feel is when they come in that they're part of this and it doesn't matter if you're just starting or if you've been with us a while, um, everybody's included in what we do and that's how it's going to be forever. It's, it's true. I mean, uh, just going off what you said, community, I think that's the most intrinsic, intrinsic trait that you guys have. And the reason why I say that again is because you, you hit it on the nail. When I'm there, I actually feel like almost in therapy and I'm not trying to be hyperbole. It feels great to be there if, just because I think my true self showed with you guys when I was talking about this sort of stuff. I would always like run ideas like, dude, what if we did this? And I remember you just saying, dude, why don't you just do it? Just, just do it yourself. Like, I'm like, I just thought to myself like, yeah, why, why can't I just do it myself? Because you guys were there when I was like at I want to say rock bottom. I was, I had a horrible anxiety and I'm not trying to diagnose myself and I'm not trying to, you know, be cavalier with that, but I had horrible anxiety. I would not really, you know, I would wake up and just pretty much hit my jewel. If you guys don't know that, it's like nicotine and it's horrible, horrible addiction. I don't care what you say. I don't care if there's people out there are listening saying, no, it's great. Like, no, it sucks because you feel like crap the whole day. But like I said before, I was, um, you know, I was just going on a bad path. I wasn't eating properly. Uh, just really feeling down on myself as my self image was sucked. But I, but like I said, I will preach this again and again, working out with you guys, especially made me or helped me gain back not only my confidence, but just basically my, a part of myself that I lost, like from a child, from a childhood that like feeling of like, you know, I'm just with my friends mm-hmm. having fun. Yeah. Like I consider you, I consider you like a family, man. Yeah, like, definitely, man. And we feel the same. And 
that I think that's why fitness is so powerful. And, and I think uh, the way the majority see fitness right now is like a form of punishment. You know, they, they have these memories or they have these, uh, you know, experiences with a shitty PE coach or like a really bad experience playing sports. And again, like maybe this coach ran them into the ground and their bodies are beat up from it now. And anytime they move, they, they associate movement with pain. And it's like, okay, this is a society of people that have a bad relationship with exercise and movement. And because of that, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to get people excited about doing those things. But I think what we've done is we've been able to, uh, bring this unconventional style of fitness um, and adapt it with a little bit of sports performance training and unconventional tools and uh, mobility and all of these things that kind of simulate play. And that's something that's really missing in people's lives because we get to a certain age and we're really discouraged from play and being creative and using our imagination and doing all of these things that allow us to develop into who we should be. Oh, you know. Yeah. And then we all become kind of the same people working the same types of jobs and living the same types of lives, eating the same types of food, listening to the same trash media and TV. And it's yeah. like, oh, fuck, like everybody's doing that. And uh, yeah, I think uh, that's really cool that we have people that are seeing like, wow, this is an outlet for that stuff. I yeah, feel man. good when I come here. I'm exercising, I'm playing, I'm having fun with the people I'm around because I enjoy them. They don't make me feel bad. I'm not... Uh, you know, in a position where I haven't exercised in years and I'm left out because everyone here is in shape. Right. We, we do things to make sure everybody feels included. And I think that is medicine, you know, just having that community, having the movement um, and having access to people that genuinely want to help you. Yeah, intentional movement. You have to have intention. Speaking of um, of play now, I don't really consider it play because I consider it a skill mm-hmm. and I, I put it on Instagram and you didn't shout me out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, I put it on Instagram of you swinging the mace and I really, really want to drive this home to the people, especially for all your, for all your fitness lovers out there that's listening to this, consider just checking out what mace training does, please. Because I'm with this guy. I, I consider you possibly the top five best, you know, mace wielders in the country probably. Like, I appreciate you. Man. No, like you, it, it's such an art. Like I saw what you did with the kettlebell and the rope. I was like, <laughs> dude, this is a warrior right here. This is, like, imagine him like weaponizing this. Like you would be <laughs> screwed. Like you're dead. But in a sense though, I really want you like to talk about like how do you stumble across mace training? Mm. And not only that, but what, I guess what possessed you to implement this into your brand? Loaded question, I know, but I just I just really want to put it out there because it's such a it's for some reason it's been around for thousands of years, but it's so foreign to the Western like part of the world. Yeah. I was talking to my friends and they were saying like, "What the hell is Matt doing on like it looks cool, but what is this? Like, yeah. what are they doing?" So please, I really want to give you the floor and just talk about mace. Cool, yeah, man. Uh, so as far as how I I found the mace. Uh, I feel like the mace actually, like, it it found me. It was something that I needed mm. to find for sure. And it was part of my healing path. It's part of, again, discovering um, who I really am and a way for me to express a lot of things through movement. But I stumbled across it when I discovered on it quite mm. a few years back. Um, maybe 
eight or nine years ago when I first found on it. And I saw that they were doing a lot of unconventional training, maces, clubs, kettlebells, sandbags, all that cool stuff, plus all the bar, bar, uh, barbell work. Um, so I was like, man, this is kind of a cool, like modern way that they're implementing fitness, taking these kind of like ancient tactics with mm. these maces and clubs because like the mace gets a rap for being some kind of a gimmick, you know? And it's yeah. hilarious because the mace is older than any tool that we use here in the West. It's older than the barbell. It's older than, um, you know, the dumbbell. It's older than the kettlebell. And this thing was used, I believe it was, you know, when, when the Persian warriors were, were training for battle, they would train with these maces. Dang. Um, and they were used in different ways. I know, uh, you know, they would use it like, to train for wrestling in the sand pits and to be able mm -hmm. to understand how to load weight uh, on a long lever and be able to leverage those kinds of things. So it has a lot of implications when it comes to combat. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was cool to see it just brought into fitness. And that's when I first stumbled on it. But to be honest, when I first found the mace, it was, there was hardly any information out on it. Like really? You could do squats with it. Um, you saw people doing... All of your basic movements that you see now, you know, your lunges, your squats, your presses, and uh, treated it almost like a light barbell. Mm. And uh, to me, it didn't really catch on because I was like, well, this tool's pretty light and I could probably get more success by using something heavier in this, in this way. Um, so I would dabble in it, but I never got passionate about it until about three years ago mm. um, when I found Steel Mace Flow. Yeah. And uh, Steel Mace Flow, which is was created by Leo Savage over in Austin, uh, was just such a different style of program. It incorporated movement and balance and um, coordination and combinations of, uh, what would you call it, like piecing movements together, which is how you build that flow, mm. you know, multiple movements chained together as fluid as possible. And I was like, oh, man, this is really fascinating, but watching it i thought this was it wasn't accessible to anybody but leo it's like this is unreal this guy's swinging around a mace like swinging by his face moving his feet and i just didn't understand it looks like an art right it, it, it looked like chaos i had no idea what yeah. he was doing man and i was just like i i must have spent hours just scrolling through his instagram like what is this what is this and i'm over here just trying to like hold the mace in my hands and i'm like how could anybody else do this and uh, shortly after that, I realized he was putting like an education team together and okay. training people. And so I was just kind of following that over, you know, a year or two. And all of a sudden there's like all kinds of mace artists swinging mace. And I'm like, wow, so people can learn this thing. People can learn how to move like that. And um, that's when I really kind of took off. I figured, okay, well, I'm going to invest my time and to learning this stuff and I just followed a bunch of these uh, people on Instagram and, and honestly copied it. I didn't know what I was doing. I just tried to move the mace like them. I would watch their videos over and over again um, until like I kind of got the hang of it, but I knew that I was only imitating. I wasn't really- Creating. And I wasn't implementing it with like any kind of intention. I was just moving and uh, I wasn't thinking about you know, where my body was in space or where mm -hmm. the mace was and what it was doing in my joints and, and all of these other little things. So that just opened me up to being, uh, like to wanting to go and really learn from somebody. I'm like, I, I need, I need a teacher now. I need somebody to show me how to really move this thing. 
And it took me down that path to Leo. So I actually went to go train with him about a year and a half ago. Oh, really? So you met the guy? Yeah. So I met him. I got certified um, in Austin under Mm -hmm. his uh, program. And that's when, yeah, I got a a really good foundation for it. And since then, I've really just tried to kind of adapt my own style. Yeah, man. And uh, it's been really cool, man. Ever since that, uh, yeah, I feel really, really good about it and I feel like I'm in a really good creative spot but it's been an amazing journey with it and yeah I just I'm excited to see what happens with the maze especially intentional patterns no yeah you guys are really making it to your like not your I want to say your it's your own thing because I, I wouldn't claim like oh yeah we did this it's been around but you're really setting the precedent let's say that setting the precedent and I think it's a really cool story because you you have autonomy with it now like instead of like copying you individuated some sort of you know you know art to it because I see it man you can't deny it like you said it was chaos but now you control it's just controlled chaos that's yeah. what art is in my opinion definitely and another thing is too bro is that um what what can you say like how you said it was joint related how, is it applicable to combat sports would you say yeah, I think the mace is, it applies to everyone in any situation. It's it's such a versatile tool, and that's what's really cool about it. Um, when it comes to sports specific, though, anything you can be dynamic and explosive with, mm-hmm. and you can use a full range of motion with your joints, that that's going to apply in some way. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you have better mastery of your body, you're going to be better at whatever it is you're doing. So... Um, for example, I use it with, uh, some of my younger boxers and, uh, what we do a lot with that is I think what people see first is like, okay, it develops like footwork, right? It's going to be good for their feet. And it is, it's, it's great. Um, hand-eye coordination, a lot of those things. But I think what I've really learned about the mace, especially when you implement mace flow into the Mm -hmm. mix is you're teaching these, especially young athletes, how to memorize really technical patterns and like really technical um let's like uh not just patterns but they have to be able to do this with both sides of their brain because they have to do this on the left and the right they have to be able to move forward and back so there's a big part of the mace that's helping our brain develop in this way Mm. um that will translate into a lot of other things and what i've noticed with the mace is i can use the mace and implement those techniques into something else so going back to the boxers i noticed that that memorization it's going to translate into combinations that they have to remember if their boxing coach is like hey we need you know four or five punch combination on the mitts Mm. and they're like oh well i memorized four or five combinations with my mace flow even though it's not the same that part of their brain is trained to memorize and pattern and integrate stuff and i see that with a lot of what they're doing and they're able to retain stuff better they're able to implement it faster Mm. um, and they're able to pick up other tools and use them more efficiently because they have those patterns Mm. so to me how is that not beneficial to any athlete or anybody that's just trying to get better yeah gin pop yeah gin pop so I find it really cool for that, but uh, when you're talking about joints, the mace has a way of like pulling on your joints, pulling on your wrists, pulling yeah, on your dude. elbows. You're I tr- when I tried it, yeah, you're, when I tried it, like you even said, like, dude, be careful. You might like dislocate your shoulder. You can easily do that, especially you know you can. People gotta like not underestimate the mace because I told that to my friends, like, yeah, you gotta be careful. I'm like, dude, it weighs like what twelve pounds. I'm like. Dude, don't you're gonna humble yourself, man. It yeah. humbled me. Trust me, it humbled me plenty of times. We're like, dude, I can't swing this freaking thing. And like, well, it's only twelve pounds, but yeah, man. Hudson will tell you one of the funniest stories uh, that we talk about is when he first picked up a mace, 
and uh, he just, you know, dude's fucking strong, you know? Yeah, like, no, he can pick up whatever, tank. and uh, he's going to be able to move it with, with efficiency. And when he picked up the mace and swung it, it wasn't because it was too heavy for him. It was like proprioception. It's like, where is this thing going when yeah. I can't see it? And what does that do to my body? And it like twisted up his arms. And we laugh about it because like, man, just the position it put him in, I was like, that's crazy, man. It looked like someone just locked you up in like a joint lock, like in yeah. jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu, and, baby. And it was about to snap snap your arms. And it was uh, it was really cool in a way to see like, wow, this this is not just about strength. This is about technique and efficiency. Um, and yeah, that, that's the cool thing about it, man. You can develop all those things with it. Yeah, no. And it's funny that you say that, you know, you become so cognizant when you're with the mace. You know what I mean? Like you feel so natural. It's like... And of course, that does translate when you in you know the ring or the square, and so I can definitely see where it's beneficial to the combat sports and just anything in general. And I, what I really want to talk about, you know me, man. We we love to talk about martial arts and just MMA. So I got to get your takes on these things. First things first, I got to ask, what do you think about Floyd May- Mayweather fighting a Logan Paul? <laughs> I know the reason why I'm asking this, everyone, is because like we, him and I were fighting, th- we're fighting enthusiasts. Like we love like just talking about fights. We love talking about boxing, martial arts, you name it. But I gotta know this guy's opinion right now. <laughs> I think uh, I think it just says a lot about the sport, to be honest, yes, and kind I really of where it's at. That deep in that. Um, and uh, I, honestly, I'm gonna watch it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay for it, but I'm gonna watch it, and I'm fascinated by it, and I think. Stuff like this. Um, I think right now boxing is hurting a little bit with some of their bigger stars. Like they're they're doing uh, well, but uh, when I think about the UFC in comparison, it's it's just a different kind of promotion. It's the fighters are a little bit more um, beloved by the fans, maybe because there's not as many of them. But I think when you see something like this, like Mayweather and it's it's Jake or Logan Paul? Logan, the, the older Logan, one, the older, older brother. One. I think it's really fascinating. I think, uh, honestly, nine, nine out of ten, shit, ten out of ten, Mayweather's going to smoke this guy. But there's a massive size difference. Yeah. Um, these guys are legitimate athletes and everyone wants to kind of like hate on them because they're clowns and, and they're... Yeah. They're trolls, but Logan's actually an athlete. They like, are legit athletes, and they they train in real uh, fight camps. And I've mm-hmm. seen both of them with some top top level, yeah. not just boxers, but again mixed martial arts fighters. And uh, that being said, I think it's going to be interesting. Someone that big, yeah. uh, and Mayweather, like I said, is a bit smaller. If he lands, we're gonna we're gonna see it. But the chances of him landing are pretty it's, rare. It's pretty rare. So I, I really want to get into that because this is our forte, brother. Like this is our forte to talk about this. Here's the thing. Looking at it at a boxing standpoint, a mixed feelings marketing, perfect. Yeah, this is perfect. Definitely. Because we all know that the UFC has been dominant over boxing for quite some time. I mean, I think, and personally for me, I think the UFC, in terms of popularity and marketing, beats boxing all the time. But the fact that they're using, you know, Logan Paul and these influencers, quote unquote. It's so brilliant because so many people are gonna to want to watch it, and there's so, and that's exactly what the, what it needs. Yeah. Now, granted, though, like I feel like the whole boxing community and the whole there's different leagues. Obviously, yeah. it's like a democracy. In the UFC, it's a dictatorship. You go to Dana, Dana tells you who you're gonna fight, but it's a it's a perfect dictatorship. Honestly, it's just what what it is. But with this right here, it's gonna show you all the clout that's gonna come from boxing. 
and to go forth on what you were saying about Logan and Jake Paul, people don't understand those guys actually look like a boxer. They look like good bo- like when I when he knocked out Nate, I don't know if you saw well, it, but it was he, a legit punch. That man. was not only a legit punch, but how he maneuvered, how he I think what I saw Nate swung, mm. Jake, instead of like I guess, you know, leaning back, yeah. he goes into it and then he punches him out. And like that's a real boxing move. And Logan's the same way. They got to understand, people got to understand, and I'm sure like some boxers and just some fighters have to agree that, yeah, no, they have some skill. You can't doubt it. You can't doubt it. They have skill. uh, They train. And yeah, I mean, Nate Nate is a high-level athlete too. And and he's kind of getting thrown under the bus because of how he got finished. But honestly, man, that guy is probably one of the best athletes around to be – his height, his size, and do what he did in the NBA. Okay. Um, but it just shows, like, you can't just walk into something that you haven't really been training for and expect yeah, to, you know, out-athlete somebody. you got to train. And, no. yeah, I think that's what happened that night. Someone was better trained. And, yeah, I, I this, Nate's nowhere near Floyd Mayweather, and that's no, the big no, difference. No. But uh, this is a huge money fight. In general, it's going to get a bunch of eyes and all that. Cool. And, and, and this is no hate on boxing. Again, like no, yeah. I like boxing, love and boxing. Uh, you know I love the the boxers that I train. I'm just a huge UFC fan. I'm a huge mixed mixed martial arts fan, and oh, yeah. of course, boxing is a part of that too. Um, and I follow that a lot more. But like I said, this is getting me to tune into that, and I don't really I tune into a lot of boxing. If I'm being honest, I'll watch the big fights, but yeah, this has got my attention. It's got my attention because, dude, it's just. In, in all honesty, man, like you, you from coming from like a Muay Thai background, and I'm sure you can understand too. It's kind of like, where where do they go from here? Because Floyd will not lose. I can tell you that he's the best boxer that to have ever lived. We think we can ever we can agree with that. Now off off of the ring, it's he's kind of shady, but I can say that. But other than that, though, like you said, it's going to be interesting, man. And going off of what you said with like how Nate comes in thinking he might have a chance, again, mixed martial arts and boxing, those combat sports, different type of feel. I was talking to Abby and Callie, the two athletes I had like two podcasts before, and we're just talking about the difference between, you know, individual sport like boxing and MMA, like just UFC, MMA, and just straight up, you know, uh, just regular sport. Because in regular sport, you say, oh, I'm play this guy. Or this girl. No, no. In in the fighting world, you fight someone. Yeah, you're not playing. You're fighting. It's probably the most primal thing you could do known to man. It's the the beautiful like man or woman in the arena, the warrior in the arena, yeah. someone who's literally going to go out balls to the walls, basically. I'm just going to say, yeah. And it's, it's cool because it's glamorizing in a way when they're beaten and bloodied. It's something that's not attractive. Attractive is the wrong word or you, but there's some attraction to it. From both sides. Absolutely. I think, man, all of us have something inside that when we see that, whether we're flinching at it or whether we're like drawn to it, this has been in our, our culture forever. You know, the, you know, fighting and combat in arenas and people watching this stuff and getting behind a fighter. Like there's something about rallying behind your favorite boxer, your favorite MMA fighter you know, getting friends together. It's one of my favorite things to do is just like fight night and watch this stuff. I get so excited and uh, I can't help but like vicariously live through that yes. moment and be like, I know I can't do that. I'm not, I'm nowhere near someone at that level, but 
I get a taste of it when I yes. when I'm in this and when I, or when I'm watching it and when I'm really really like in tune with it and uh, that really draws me. You know, like yes. that's something I'm super fascinated with. It's just combat sports and uh, honestly, just uh, anything that has to do with it, whether it's like kung fu movies and Bruce um, Lee, man. Yeah, you know, I grew up watching like Power Rangers and all of these things that were kind of eastern style i watched a lot of dragon ball movies dragon ball z um all of these things and i was just super fascinated by that stuff and i realized that's not something we really highlight here we almost uh like shame it we do we we demonize it a bit as like kind of a toxic masculinity thing and uh where in other cultures like men and women they they do this to really get out there and prove themselves and and test who they are and almost every time these fights these sports are done they're hugging it out they're shaking hands they're beautiful. crying together and it's like the most beautiful thing I'm telling him and uh those kinds of things like really get me like that kind of stuff chokes me up and when i see that um i feel a lot of passion with that and that's why i i have so much love for training uh the boxers i have everybody i have mm-hmm. but there's something really special about that. I've always wanted to train with combat athletes and, um, again, just be a part of helping that journey, you yeah. know, and if I can just give them a little bit of something and be more prepared when they make that walk, that's super gratifying to oh, me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, like it's, it's just really interesting. Like you said, to see the evolution of it all, it's changed. So it, much. It's changed so much. And I have to get back to the point you made in the West. It's very, there's some stigma toward it, you know? Um, I don't see why, because it's the most euphoric thing you can do to someone. Like, I think there was this time, I'm going to say the story again, and I said it before prior to the last podcast, but when John and I sparred, it was euphoric, like just to spar. And for some reason, it don't now kids don't, if you're listening to this, I don't know what kid would listen to this, but don't go out there and try to punch yourselves in the face. Don't ask your friend to punch yourself. No, no, no. What I'm just saying is, when you when you take a blow and when you give a blow, it's kind of like in a controlled environment. By the way, I don't want to like you know invoke anyone saying like, "Oh, Nick said it's okay." <laughs> like, let me just punch someone. <laughs> Sounds like Nick. But in a controlled environment, it just feels some. You make you feel some type of way. It's the most intimate thing you can do with your friend is to fight them. And yeah. out of context, that sounds weird, but it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, man. And again, why so many things are settled differently nowadays with. Um, extreme violence you know mm-hmm. and uh, extreme aggression because we don't have these outlets to just handle things like they've always been handled and so now you see people bringing weapons and doing really drastic Ooh, yeah. stuff when their their ego is compromised you know and, and instead of just taking or giving an ass whooping uh people show up with stuff that they can never take back and uh, i think yeah. that's where a lot of people are right now and it's a lack of confidence a lack of self-confidence and you get that from any kind of martial arts doesn't matter what you're doing if if you put some time into it you're going to learn some sweet lessons and yeah encourage anybody to dabble in something if it's calling you should definitely try it it. and yeah go for it just try i mean hell that's what i did with muay thai i had there was a void that was needed to be filled i went to my local uh, muay thai gym shout out to ambush tiger and seriously though, go check it out if you're listening. I really hope you're listening because I really want to go back there. I miss you guys so much. <laughs> I just start crying. <laughs> oh, cut it. I just like, hey man, cut it. No, but no. In all seriousness though, yeah, it's 
it's just something that you need to experience. I can, words will never do justice when I talk about martial arts on this podcast. It never will. You have to experience it or at least, at least witness it, you know, because it is the, it is the best. Honestly, it's helped me a lot. It's helped me just as much as it helped with intentional patterns, which speaking of which, if you had unlimited resources, what would you do to intentional patterns? I'm talking about unlimited resources. Yeah. I'm going to drop that bomb on you, Matt. Jeez. Just because you like to drop bombs on me. Jeez. Okay. Yeah, Jesus is right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like I got to watch my tongue here. Um, man, that's that's tough. I I think um, if we had unlimited resources, the first thing I would do is uh, definitely take care of the people around us, you know, mm. starting with the trainers making sure that uh, they're taken care of so that they have the ability to, you know, believe and help us push this mission and to let them know that we believe in them and it starts from there and it trickles down, you know, and then obviously taking care of um, the community and making sure that we have everything we need to make them successful uh, from our athletes to anybody that walks through that door. I think that's where we would go, you know, is just really building out the ideal gym and uh, that comes with a lot of things, you know. We don't mm. want to just implement the fitness side, and we're already moving in a direction where we're bringing in other stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, the ice baths, the meditation, uh, breath work, all of these different practices that are neglected but extremely important. I think having the ability to set that up and and not having any worry about resources, I think that's how we push this this mission and this uh, this vision that we have. Uh, pedal to the metal, you know, and that that's what holds us back, obviously, is we we don't have unlimited resources. And we've started this thing from nothing. So this is a steady grind. And I it's hard for me to think about that, because I don't think that way, you know, I don't think a lot in um, material, definitely not. And I don't think a lot about like, if, if I were to have all those resources, because I guess I never imagine myself there because that's not what I'm I'm not that I'm not chasing that and not that that wouldn't be amazing but success for me isn't having a bunch of money and having a bunch of resources it's it's just being happy and having a community of people that are happy and being around so that no matter what like how little money we're making as long as we're sustainable life is good I love what I do I know Hudson loves what he does it seems like the people that come love being there uh, so that's way more important to me than, than getting rich. And if that comes with it, that's a, that's a bonus, you know, and, uh, um, icing on the cake for sure. And I'm, I hope that what we do really shows value. Mm. Um, and that value will bring us those things. But until then, we're just going to keep doing what we do. But yeah, man, that's, that's kind of hard for me to even think about. No, you know, well, honestly, you answered the question perfectly. I mean, there was no right or wrong answer, obviously, but like, I feel that's the literal epiphany on what intention, what makes intentional patterns so great is because just what you said, very humble and just honestly paying back to the community. And that's what I really want to do with what I do. You know, when, whatever it is, if this podcast takes off, that's great. Again, I'm not doing this for clout. I'm not doing this for money. However, yes, that would be great because I really want to keep on doing this stuff. I think it, I love talking to people. I can go all day talking to you. I just love meeting new people, meeting new ideas. I'm, definitely not biased. I'm definitely not, you know, pushing some sort of agenda. If yeah. anything, the agenda I'm pushing is be open-minded to different narratives or different agendas. I don't know. Think for yourselves, let it resonate. And I feel, I feel like our 
brands, that's so cool saying that our brands, I feel like our brands, they uh, coincide in the fact where you want them, you want your, your people that are listening or the people that are in the community, just for them to resonate with this stuff. Think for themselves, be true to yourself, work on yourself. It's basically to the, to the people. That's what we're doing it for. That's what I want to do this for. I want, I know there's someone out there. If someone's listening to this and someone, he or she is feeling insecure, you're gone through like, I guess, you know, a traumatic event, you gone through in a breakup, your, your parents are not, are like, you know, they're getting divorced. The biggest thing that I can do, I can only do so much, obviously from a mic, but know that you're not alone, that we're preaching out, get the good news, you know, whatever it may be. And just to keep on fighting, you know, that's what makes us so beautiful. Like as a human is that we've endured for this long We've survived with the fittest, quote unquote. We endured for this long. We can keep on enduring. That's what I love about it. Yeah, man. I like that. And I think uh, right now we also have to be aware that uh, sometimes the news that we need to hear is going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to make us feel like it's, um, again, pushing us into a position that is scary. And I think all of those are things that we need to listen to instead of run from and block out and drain out with a lot of these, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but poor habits that a lot of people develop. Um, I think now more than ever, it's super important. Very important. To listen to those things. And yeah, man, I think you nailed it with that. Yeah. And in no way do it, like, I'm sure Matt can, can detest this too. No way do we think we're some kind of savior or we have some sort of like some complex or whatever. And no way we're thinking that I, I simply for me and my agenda or my goal, I would say is just, you're not alone, man, or girl, but just to resonate with you, you know, I may say some stuff that might be dumb, and if you want to search it up and prove me wrong, go for it, please. No, seriously. I, fact check this guy. No, fact check me seriously because, I mean, well, you learned something. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, you learned something like, oh, he said he was, he said this. Well, he's wrong. No, and then tell me. Then it's beneficial for all of us. Tell me I'm wrong. Seriously. Yeah. And not only that, if it resonates to you to the point where you want to try new things or just, you know, think for yourself, then, dude, I've done my job. Like, I feel great. I feel, a matter of fact, there's... Another thing that you can also like relate to, Matt, is when people say like, dude, your stuff is so great or like, you know, honestly, this really, this really made me think, you know, thank you for like putting this topic up or like, hey, I had a great time. Thank you so much. It's like that's the little things like that, the subtle moments. That's what makes my day like because, you know, man, with this game or this business creating something like this or brand the little things will always add up. Like I, I finally knew what that meant until I started something like this. I was like, oh my God, you guys rock. Thank you so much. I love you guys, seriously. Like you guys make this podcast what it is. Without you guys, honestly, I I don't know. I wouldn't really be doing this really because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that has a lot to do with, again, lining up like your passion and your mission and your work. And it's a tricky thing to do, but if you do that, then again, just everything about it is super gratifying. The conversations, the, you know, the work that you put in, it's still a grind. It's, it, you never really leave that. It's just a different kind of grind and it's for yourself and it's for something you believe in. So again, everything that you, any effort you put towards it is so rewarding. And then when you see other people positively affected by your work, 
there is something really special about that. Even the little moments, and that's what you're feeling through this, is this connection and spreading word and spreading awareness, and some will resonate, some won't, but that's what it's about. You know, giving people the ability to decide for themselves is, is this something that resonates with me? Is this something that's triggering me? Is this something that I've never thought about? Like, that's all good. We should be kind of looking for that instead of feeling like we have all the answers to stuff. And that's, like you said, we don't think we have all the answers. I definitely know I don't. No, I mess no. up all the time. And I think that's where um, any kind of wisdom comes. It comes from failing, messing up, and then learning from that instead of victimizing yourself and feeling like, why did this this bad oh, thing happen fault. to me? Yeah, no, learn from that and then move forward and fix that so that it doesn't happen again and then you will get better. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, man, I think that's that's just a tough pill to swallow tough for some swallow, people, but yeah. just do so, it. Sometimes, sometimes you need to hear it. Sometimes you got to. And um, other than that, though, you know, I, I this is the only thing that can be on my forefront of my mind right now. But so how's the how's the anime grind going? <laughs> yeah how's the anime man, grind man uh let's see right now i i don't have uh too much that i'm really watching or, or anything right now but let's see um i started watching that last season of attack on titan which just came oh out. so that's God. really cool you and my brother are like uh no okay first of all <laughs> i just want to say this right now my hero academia is the best yeah, uh good. anime like not ever because I still have a special place to Dragon Ball Z, but um, it's the best anime I've seen in a long, long time. Super Including, good. it's better than Naruto in my opinion. Damn! No, how you, dare you? No, how dare you? No, how? No, you come into my studio <laughs> <laughs> and you speak heresy on anime, yeah. dude. No, like you just flip the table. <laughs> I just start like crying. <laughs> how dare you, Nick? Nah. Uh, it's really good. I'm a big fan of that one too, though. No, yeah, man. But Seriously. that's been a big, honestly, as silly as it is, that's been a big motivator for me um, is watching stuff like that. I feel. Yeah, no, there's tropes in it. There's there's nuance. Okay, it's, we're going to go on this tangent right now, but I will say this. Anyone who like disses anime, just watch one episode. I get it that like there's a stigma behind it. There's like a weeb to like a weeboo, if we were to call it, or like some <laughs> sort of nerd. You, you think like, a geek, whatever. Listen, the reason why we like it or I like it is because. It's so it has so much nuance and there's different tropes like the David and Goliath trope. Everyone knows how to like knows what it is, but in anime they make it they make it feel fresh. They make it feel like oh I've seen this before, but this makes me want to motivate myself to the point where like you know this invokes some sort of motivation toward me. You never 100%. know. Hundred percent. I've uh, yeah. and again like to go back to you know you hating on Naruto over here. It's funny because that I'm not hating on Naruto. You hated. So it's funny because uh, I feel like. That has been one of the biggest influences in how I carry myself, even even today. I don't feel like I had a lot of people in my life that um, were very good representations of how, how to be a man or how yeah. to uh, carry myself in a strong way without being... Um, how, do you, how would I put it? Like, without Passive. being... No, not, not being like... Um, aggressive or having to prove something like having confidence you know real confidence and i never had those things like growing up and as i kind of stumbled across these stories and these anime uh, a lot of these characters had these you know your favorite word archetypes that were like warriors and and a lot of that came with sacrificing things for the good of more for the good of the greater you know for more people and 
and doing things not for yourself but for others and these lessons were constantly drilled through these like samurai ninja style yeah, like, cartoons attraction it's attraction yeah and i was like super fascinated i was like wow these these you know men and women are willing to give up their lives to save these people and i was like ah oh, that that like really touched me it wasn't yeah. like the sappy love stories it wasn't like these you know things like that it was always like the big sacrifice the braveheart style movies oh, yeah. and uh you know specifically in naruto i always think about how like that character fails constantly always fails constantly gets made fun of um he sucks like the, his the best show, friend literally impaled him the show point. is about him and he sucks the majority of the show and it isn't until like way late that he finally turns into the person he's supposed to be but that was really powerful to me it was like it doesn't matter how many times, and we hear that kind of cliche quote, it doesn't matter how many times you fall down, you got to get up. But seeing it done that way, um, you know, falling down from a physical standpoint and not being as good, or again, like losing people emotionally, spiritually, right. and all these different like connections that I was not getting from anything I was learning in school or from the people around me, I was making these connections through these stories. Yeah. And uh, it resonated with me a lot. It was like, wow. I want to help people the way he's helping people. I want people to see me as a leader because of my actions, not because I'm telling them what to do. I want people to recognize I didn't get here overnight, but I failed a ton of times and it was really difficult and mm. I'm here because of that. And uh, those lessons came from there. They didn't come, yeah. unfortunately, from my parents and I'm not here to, to talk bad about that, but I didn't get it from there. I didn't get it from anybody around me. And uh, I really am passionate about it for that reason. It's yeah, kind of kind of cool how that's translated. Yeah. And just to go further on that point is that, so the Eastern, a lot of the times the, the Eastern philosophy or even, especially obviously in anime, they show the storytelling. That's what good storytelling is. Back in the day, we used to live vicariously through the hero's journey. We used to live vicariously through the lover's journey. We used to use vicariously toward pretty much any journey you can think of. And when you compare cartoons in the West, like American cartoons mm. to cartoons and like, not cartoons, anime toward um, the East, it's kind of stupid in the West. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's like all like, you know, dorky, kind of like, you know, just goofy as for hell. Like for, for, for children, yeah. And, and uh, not even just for children, but you, there is no like uh, development and everything. They're just standalone, standalone things. Yeah, yeah it's like... Um, almost like not really episodic like right. you said standalone things and here's what here's my theory and this is my theory do you think in the west and because it's such a huge rise in the west do you think there is an outcry to the, from the collective unconscious to have a hero because people obviously people like to watch and they like to imitate so you have look at marvel there's a reason why marvel like the mcu like became such a thing because people are like dude these are they're gods and goddesses these heroes these yeah. heroes like for instance um avatar the last airbender perfect thing why do you think it's so it's, it's actually i consider it a western anime yeah but there's a story behind it and you have mm -hmm. all the archetypal traits of what makes a good story there's a lot of li literary elements that it's probably one of the best series i've seen it's a kids movie yeah i'm a kids show my bad kids show and they show it all in the most simple terms they show literally genocide they show racism they show you know um, real topics, real topics, yeah. but they present it in such like, you know, in, in a kid's atmosphere. And isn't that what good storytelling is? Yeah. 
Isn't I, it to get the message, not to be so overcomplicated, but just get the message? Yeah, not being afraid to like show children these things and hide it from them and, and wonder why they don't understand any of this stuff, you know? Like they need to see this. That's again how we learn. We learn that this was wrong and, and this is a part of maybe not our culture, but this was a part of some culture. Obviously, we have a lot of those things in our culture yeah. too, but that and, and we learn about other cultures as well and their storytelling and what right. the struggles they went through. And I think that's really cool as well. But yeah, I think that is a huge thing that's missing in Western culture is this like, I think people are really looking for something to get behind. And I yeah. think that's why politics and all of these hot topic subjects really trigger people because they're desperate to get behind a movement. So they feel better, you know, like that they, they know that they're fighting for something, that they're a part of something. And Unfortunately, I feel like a lot of these movements are misguided and they're they're being orchestrated by people that don't have good intentions and people are too busy living extremely busy, stressful lives with their work. Uh, you know, their food is not allowing them to think clearly. Their lack of yes, sleep is not dude. allowing them to have, again, the mental clarity to be able to see through some of this stuff. And so... I think these people are missing that and they, they latch on to things that they think are powerful movements. And uh, in my opinion, they're, they can be very destructive. And then, like you said, you get this, you know, uh, I feel like now you have a generation of kids here that are very into anime. And yeah, right? I see it all over from, you know, uh, my girlfriend's nephews who are watching a lot of the anime that I watched. And I remember when I was their age, I was like the only one. I was yeah, the there was a stigma behind it, sure. right? And now I'm like, all these kids know what that is, and and they're getting behind it, and I think that's cool. It's it's, it's another cool. uh, it's another outlet for them to kind of expand their consciousness and the way they think. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely think that's missing, it, man. And again, like I said before, the difference between Eastern and Western philosophies is the reason why everyone wants to go to the Eastern philosophies. You see that now a lot. It's because again, they know what they they basically know what nuance is to a science and ironic it's such a dichotomy because as in the west we love to think about this is science this is data this is what mm. we believe in the east it's like no 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 man it's all it's more mysticism you got to find it in uh, here yeah you got to find it in here i love that too and, and and who's and it's definitely not uh again a shot at science or in any way to downplay mm -mm. it like yeah, I just want to like let this be known right now. We're we we believe in science. Yeah. Like we don't we don't we don't like you know discredited. But, right, but there really is something to mysticism, and I think again that is uh, that that has to do with spirituality and how right. connected you are to everything and to the universe. And if you are, you know that that's out there. And when you look at these cultures that they live a little bit of a simpler life, you know, and yeah. uh, they they cherish again, conversations and family and moments over yes. material things and status and being, you know, having the nicest car or, yeah. you know. How many likes you got on Instagram? All of these things, yeah. And uh, it, it just makes people hollow, you know, and it yeah. makes them extremely unhappy. And you see people that who are considered successful with all of those things, they're some of the most unhappy people you see because they're unfulfilled still. Yeah. They've accomplished what they thought was going to make them happy, and then when they got there, they're not happy. Yeah. And so like, well, what do I do? I've done everything I'm supposed to, but yeah, man, you, you got to listen to your heart. You have to listen to that compass, and that's being blocked by so many yeah. of the things that, again, I think we're a little bit vocal about, but that's what we're, we, we really feel strongly about. You know, the way we eat, 
you know, the lack of movement, the stuff that we're watching and putting into our heads and the people that we're hanging out with and the energy that they're giving off, all of this stuff matters. It, it, it's a huge part of how we develop. And if you're around that all the time, you're you're going to be a part of that, you know, and I have. I definitely have. I've oh, yeah. never, I haven't always been or thought this way. And I think this way because I've been at that lowest low and I've been self-destructive and yeah. I've been extremely toxic and I've lost a lot of people, like in a lot of relationships. And uh, because of that, I've had a lot of perspective and uh, mm-hmm. it's it's changed who I am. And I think that's important. I had to go through that. I had to lose those people. I had to, for lack of a better word, I had to fuck up, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm really happy for those things. As hard as they were, that was some of the most important times in my life is those failures. And again, like one last thing, because well, I, mean, I have to wrap it up, but it's funny you say that because again, this is a Western topic where you got to fight it out. Just fight it out, buddy. Like, never give up. And don't get me wrong, you do sometimes. Rocky, awesome. Um, who else? Rudy, awesome. Yeah. Every single underdog story, that's great. But I find myself also realizing you're going to have to suffer. I know that sounds really cynical to say, but it's, again, the the Phoenix trope, the Phoenix archetype where you have basically you're going to get burned in agony. Like, you got to go through this, man. Sometimes you got to take it. That's life. Life will beat you down. It's going to make you wish you were never born. You're going to feel that lowest low once in your life. Everyone has. That's the human experience. The more I grow up, the more I realize, yeah, depression, anxiety, I'm starting to realize everyone has it to Mm -hmm. a degree at some point. Now, sometimes it can be more severe. Sometimes it can be less severe. The point is everyone feels this way. But here's the thing. The beautiful thing of what makes the human experience the human experience is because just like the phoenix, you're going to get burned in agony, but you're going to get back up. Instead of fighting it, you're going to say, you know what? God, Adonai, Yahweh, whatever you believe in, let it happen. Baptism by fire. That's where it comes from. I will be baptized in this world. I'll have the guts, I guess, to go through this because I need to go through this. That's the only thing I need to go through. And then afterwards, you rise from the ashes. And just like you said... When you royally mess up, just screw up everything, that's where you come back. That's where you fight on. All right? So sometimes, just like you said, take those blows like a champ, baptism by fire, and get up. Yeah, man. I think that's super, super important. And uh, it's scary, but we have to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. that is the warrior's path right there. If you believe that, if you believe that's a part of you, It's doing the scary things. It's going and doing the dark work, you know, and that's going inside yourself and looking at these generational traumas and Mm. habits that are stuck and Mm. things that we've developed from our parents and their parents' parents and even before them. And these things are in us still and and they're in our DNA. and, And it's up to us, you know, if we're aware of it, to go to those places and stop those things. That is how we end generational trauma so that our kids never feel that. My kids will never experience what I experienced when I grew up because it, it ends with me. And that's what I'm working towards now, controlling you know, my emotions, my anger, my depression, my fears, all of those things. I don't want my future family to ever see that no. unless it needs to be, unless it, you know, I believe that those things all have a place, your anger and those things are there to serve you and protect you. But if that's running your life, you're not steering your ship. And uh, I was there for years for probably majority of my life. I have mm. not been steering my ship. And when I finally realized that it was uh, 
I can never go back. You know, it's a moment of like, I can't see where I was. Um, I can't hold regret because then I'll be in that, I'll be stuck in that, you know, but I realized like, damn, I learned a lot from those things. It was really hard. I hit rock bottom many times and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Honestly, like I have, I, I think about could, if I could go back and change it, what I, no, no way, no, no. way. I would not be no. here. I probably wouldn't have met Can't. Hudson. We wouldn't be having this podcast. And uh, yeah, man, I, I think all of that is what people kind of got to accept is we're meant to go out and be warriors in a lot of different ways. It's yep. not just the physical. A lot of times it's that spiritual warrior that we need. Mm -hmm. And I think right now that's super important is to super wake those important. people up. And I think that uh, there's a call to adventure ever since 2020 happened. And I feel and I'm not oh, going to 2020 crazy. Is oh, there something going on? Oh, really, dude? What, what's going on? <laughs> oh, you don't know what's going on? Dude, let me tell you, man. Oh, man, I just woke up. Yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> no, but um, we're recording this on December 31st and on 2020. All I can say is to the new year, to 2021, I'm not going to jinx it, but I will say this. Prepare. Get ready. Prepare. You're stronger than this. We went through this together. All of us, the collective unconscious, whatever you want to call it. Let's get through this. And on that note, Matt, do you have anything to say? Well, first of all, Hudson, if you're listening to this, man, I want my 20 bucks right now. I'm getting tired of you bailing on me. Hudson, he probably owes you 20 bucks, but no, that's it's not cool. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No. Um, and by the way, I better be invited to that wedding. <laughs> yeah, Jalen, if you're listening to this too, make sure I'm on the list. Oh, yeah, it's, it lost in the mail, man. That's what I heard. Shut up, man. <laughs> all right, bro. Well, in that case, anything else? Oh, just thank you, man. I appreciate it. And again, uh, proud of you for, for going through with this. And I look forward to what this becomes. And I'd be happy to do it again. Yeah, you better be proud. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. There we go. Other than that, though, guys. Um, well, that's it. I'm signing off. And again, like always, I wish nothing but good vibes. See ya. Peace. Thanks again to all that have listened. If you guys enjoyed the episode, go ahead, like it, share it, subscribe it, tell your friends, your family, put it in your journal, talk to your pet about it. And if you didn't like it, well, go ahead and share it with your friends anyway. That way you guys can dislike it together. In any case, I will see you guys next episode, and I send nothing but good vibes to everyone. Okay, you, you, you can go now.